shining a light on podcasts and videos that have caught our attention. The Spotlight with Jen Spiker. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. We're going to be talking a little about some radical Christianity and uh, perhaps for some these days a radical idea of the value of the Bible in the 21st century. Well, what a pleasure it is to welcome Al Watson, who's the CEO of Walk Through the Bible Australia. Hello, Al. Welcome to 2020. Thanks very much, Neil. It's good to be with you and your listeners. Al, I, uh, just a few moments ago I, I mentioned you were a, a wild Irishman who got converted in your teenage years. Just expand on that a little for us. Tell us a, a little about your background before we start to talk about the Bible. Well, my, uh, I come from a family of seven boys and uh, I'm the second youngest. Uh, we came to Australia back in 1955, so uh, that's a few years ago. And uh, I suppose I lived a life... Um, as a typical Aussie teenager, didn't think much of school, got into a lot of trouble at school, got into a lot of trouble with the people that I associated with, had a good Irish red-hot temper. Um, it's a bit like the old story of the Irishman that came to Australia and he said, who's the government because I'm against them? And it, it's that sense of that was who I was. I was against everything. But then I met a man who was a follower of Jesus Christ and there was something in his life that impacted me in a big way. And uh, I remember him taking me to a little country town in Gippsland where I heard the message of Jesus in a way that I understood. And I remember walking out of that, it was a dance hall, and he didn't have a church in that little town, they had a dance hall, and this church service was every fortnight. And I walked up to where my parents lived, and I went into the bedroom, and I got down on my knees, and I prayed this simple prayer, God, you do in my life what that man was talking about tonight. And I didn't feel any uh, great sensations. I didn't see any angels. I didn't have any experiences. But from that day on, my life changed. Uh, It changed in a way that I had a love and respect for my parents, for my brothers, for the people around me. I also uh, lost my temper and never found it again. And and someone showed me later on how that when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, when you're a born-again Christian... One of the fruits of that is self-control, and that's something I never had. And yet that is something that is desperately needed in our world today. So that was my conversion. It's been a a life journey since then, and um, I went on and educated myself and went to uh, Bible College in Sydney and have spent time in the Philippines as uh, a missionary and also back in Australia with... um, uh, Christian organizations, parachurch organizations that help church read out, reach out to the community. Uh, also pastored a church for 18 years, uh, another one for 10 years. So it's been this journey of faith um, ever since I met Jesus Christ on the 13th of March, 1966. Mm-hmm. Al, now you find yourself at the helm, the CEO of Walk Through the Bible, which uh, has been, and for many of our listeners, when they hear that name, Walk Through the Bible, they've got some familiarity that uh, it is a, a once-was great Bible teaching, discipleship organization, and for whatever reason, there's been a little bit of a slowdown, but you are at the helm now, and there's a whole new, fresh impetus for the future of what can happen with Walk Through the Bible. Yes, um, it's a bit of a story. Uh, Walk Through came to Australia back in the 1980s. 
the church that I was with was one of the first churches to run it. And um, I remember just as a young pastor doing that, and it just it just switched me on. I saw there a powerful tool. And at that time, I was teaching uh, RE uh, in the local primary school, and we had a I had a five six composite class, and I um, I think the third lesson in the curriculum uh, was the Bible. So I spent a fair whack of time just going over the walk through the Bible, teaching that 5-6 uh, class. Now, two years later, I was walking up the main street of Box Hill, uh, near where I was pastoring, and this little uh, Greek boy comes up to me, and he says, Pastor Al, Pastor Al, you know, all that kind of thing, and his excitement. And then he said, what's this? And he took me through, with very little help, the 77 signs and words that help a person understand the storyline of the Old Testament. And two things I got out of that. One is, what a powerful young guy you will be if God ever gets hold of your life. And secondly, what an incredible way to teach people the storyline of the Bible and to give them a knowledge where they can understand it. And that was reinforced to me just about a week ago where the local postman uh, had to drop in and I had to sign for a a parcel. And we got talking and... uh, I, I discovered that he had done walk through the Bible in India, and he just told me how he was so excited. He told me what an incredible way, and it gave him the ability to understand the Bible as a new faith. And I could repeat that story many, many times over. So there's a huge power within this ministry to help people understand the Word of God, and it turns them on in their life. What happened to it? Well, I suppose it uh, things there are highs and lows, there are seasons for many things. But now we've started a whole new um, approach or a whole new ministry within Australia. We've got together a board of guys. We've got together, uh, there are two instructors now. My desire is to build more instructors, teachers, to set up uh, this whole teaching program in all of the states across Australia by God's will as quick as we can. Well, you are a product of what the Bible can do in transforming a life, and there are some objective reasons why the Bible is important in the 21st century. I want to invite our listeners to be a part of our conversation today, and uh, you might have some thoughts on the importance and the relevance of the Bible in our Australian context in the 21st century. What is it that's so amazing about the Bible today? Uh, For you, your family, for the nation, we'll open our talkback lines one 800 that's one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. If you'd like to contribute to our conversation today, our line is not the best, but we'll persevere here. Uh, Al, let's talk about some of those objective reasons why the Bible is important in the twenty first century. And I, I guess the first thing that comes to mind for me is the fact that. Uh, the Bible is unchanging. Uh, if God is unchanging, then his revelation to us is unchanging too. Yes, and, but you, you know, there are lots of practical ways. Uh, I think we live in a world today where we're, we're very pragmatic. We look for things, does it work, doesn't it work? This is the thing that we've lost sight of. Uh, our culture has been built on this revelation from God to man. You go back to pre, say, for example, Moses up on Mount Sinai. Pre that event, the chiefs and the leaders and the tribal heads, they were the ones that determined what was right, what was wrong, what people could do, what they couldn't. And that would change from leader to leader. 
But when you had um, Moses receiving what we call the Ten Commandments and the, all the other commandments that were, that were involved in that, you find that society took a very different change from that pay up, uh, day on. There was, there was this understanding that it didn't depend on a person. It was the God who is. He is the moral absolute. He is the way, the truth, the life. He's the creator. He's the sustainer of life. This God who is set up a, a value system that it, it's not dependent on culture or tribe or leader. It's a timeless revelation of his own nature and character to mankind. Now, when people follow that and use that as the plumb line for their life, that, that is an incredible impact on their lives. Uh, to me, a classic example came this week on that uh, TV program Q&A. If you don't know if you watch it or not, but I do. They had this uh, principal of a high school in uh, in Sydney that was talking about some of the problems that he saw within his students, especially in the area of pornography. And you know what? I looked at the other participants in that program, and none of them backed what he had to say at all. None of them. And I sat and wondered why. Why wouldn't they want to support? some of the problems that this lifestyle is creating within our culture. And I suppose it comes back to the value system that the majority of people want the right to do what they want, irrespective of right and wrong. There is no moral absolute. There is no sense in which you shouldn't do this because it has an impact. If I want to do it, then I want to do it and I will do it. And that's the value system that we've got in our culture. It impacts our families. It impacts our economics. It impacts morality. It impacts every aspect of our life. So that's why it is so important to go back and have a look at the truths of God's Word and how it impacts on our society. We will continue our conversation in just a few moments. We'll talk about the rising secularism, and really that means that uh, fashions can change, but truth's always constant. And when it's connected with the character of our Creator, uh, we've got truth that will remain the same, and that's found in the Bible. You are on Vision 2020. Neil Johnson with you. Our special guest this hour is Al Watson. He's the CEO of Walk Through the Bible Australia. Al, uh, I think we're might have a little bit better quality line now to talk to you on. Uh, let's continue to talk about the constants of the Bible, the idea that fashions can change, but truth is something that remains constant, and when it's connected with the character of the Creator, it remains very important. Absolutely. I think it, it comes back to, I suppose, what I call the three big questions of life, that either we answer or we will accept someone else's answer. And the three big questions are, the first one is, where did we come from? The second one is, what went wrong? And the third one is, how do you fix it? And in our, in our world today, if you look at those three questions, uh, there's been a, a whole paradigm shift between the thinking of generations in the past that had a stronger Christian ethic within their understanding of life and their interpretation of life versus where we are today. Today, the, you know, we're an accidental collision of atoms. It happened millions and millions of years, et cetera, et cetera. Now, n no part of science supports that. That's the stupidity of it. Empirical science doesn't support that theory, but that's the one that's constantly portrayed before us in our schools, on our television. Uh, you see it all the time. You hear it all the time. And that's a value system that percolates down into the thinking of our culture. The second one is, is what went wrong? 
And again, we deny that anything went wrong. We're looking to try to replace the bit of hiccups that we've had. They may be economic, they may be educational, they may be uh, sociological, all these structures. If we could only get the right mix of them and would lift man and would free man to be and express his inherent goodness within him. Because secular society doesn't believe that anything has ever gone wrong. Now, that's a problem because reality is something is horribly wrong within our culture. We had the horrible situation down here, not far from where I live, where a, a father uh, took to his son with a cricket bat and killed him. We have uh, multiple family breakdowns. We've got alcohol. We've got drugs. We've got uh, economic uh, problems in life. They're just constantly going. And all of those stem from the expression of the value system by which we live. And the Bible comes in and says, God did create us. We are the product of a creative God. He made us in his image different from anyone else and anything else. And he had a relationship with us that was meant to be the governing factor of life. But man lost that. Man fell into this state, which the Bible calls sin. And it's in the expression of that that we have the problems that we now face constantly. But man denies that in our culture. We, we reject the whole notion that there is anything wrong. So when you deny there's a problem, you never try to address it. You never try to fix it. I always, say we've, I always say we've got to continue to talk about sin. And as you say, it's not as popular to talk about today. People like to try and hide that away and say, well, there must be some other ways to our... Uh, enlightenment, and uh, we talk about education, those sorts of things. Uh, but sure. there is a sense, isn't there, unless we understand sin, which is described uh, quite uh, significantly there in the Scriptures, it's that way that we've all moved away from God uh, by our own mm-hmm. volition. But unless we deal with that, then the connection, the reconnection to God isn't going to happen. Well, we certainly can't deny the byproduct of sin, can we? It's before us every single day. It's on our news. It's on the radio, it's in our magazines, in our newspapers. We blatantly see it on the world scene every single day. How do you deny that when it stands up and puts its ugly head there before us? It's, uh, you know, sin is this thing that unlashes un- the capacity of, of our raw evil. It, it's there. It's there. But there's so much of sin today that we take and we try to uh, dress in a very acceptable way. It's like that Q&A thing I was talking about. You know, there's no doubt about it, the impact of pornography on our culture. It absolutely destroys relationships between husband and wife, between kids. It takes them down a sexually directive way, and all the implications of that impacts back on their lives. Maybe not in the moment, but as time goes by. Now, you've got this situation where, in the light of that, you would think that people would say the, the, the cause and the effect of that. Surely we should do something because we can see the effects. But then we deny the reality that that's wrong, that that's something that we shouldn't uh, pursue. In fact, there's a sinister, um, and I would say it's it's the God of this world is back of it in my mind, but in a a society that we live in, you try to explain it in a different way. But there's this, this evil that's around there that constantly tries to push uh, the right for things to do and the good of it. And uh, you can take homosexuality. You can see how we're pushing, you know, Ricky Martin, the uh, the guy on voice. Or you can see how we've come and pushed Ian Thorpe forward as the person that is the big icon that's gone across to this. 
Now, it's only a very small percentage of the people of our society that what they might call themselves gay or homosexually orientated. But behind that, there is a whole growth industry to promote that lifestyle. And that's what we hear. And then we don't hear the consequences of that lifestyle. We only hear so-called, and there is little good, if any, but we only hear so-called the good parts of it. Man, I, I've been involved with people that lives are absolutely destroyed, and it's not because of guilt or anything. It's just because that lifestyle has destroyed their lives. That would be one of many uh, illustrations of the way that there is a need in humanity. I'm reminded of uh, Jesus uh, using those uh, those words, wide is the road that leads to destruction, but narrow is the path that leads to life. Narrow being the operative word here when we talk about the pursuit of truth, because uh, uh, where anything goes on the broad highway that might lead to destruction, uh, there is a need here in order to find life, uh, to find the narrow path. And what we're talking about with the Bible, the value of the Bible in the 21st century, has to have to do with those things that are are truth and that are the narrow and even hard path to walk. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I suppose that's where Walk Through the Bible uh, plays an important part. Its whole ministry is to help people come back and have a look at what is the message of the Bible. And it does it in a way that accommodates the reality of the world in which we live in today. You know, I was reading a set of uh, surveys recently that talked about how people are educated. And, it, and it, America did this analysis of their culture and and uh, it discovered, to their surprise, that 13% of the people were illiterate, about 29% were functionally illiterate, that is, they knew their alphabet, but they couldn't functionally read. And then about 45% of the people preferred oral learning, and only 13% of them were sort of higher academically skilled. Now, Walk Through the Bible takes the notion of uh, that people prefer oral learning. Uh, you, you have a look, for example, today, you've got YouTube, you've got podcasts, uh, newspapers. People don't read newspapers near like they used to. You depend on television. It's an oral learning. You depend on radio. It's an oral learning process. So Walk Through the Bible takes that concept, and I believe that's the concept that Jesus taught. He, he said, a soul went out to sow seed. You can picture that in your mind, and then he hangs truth on those various uh, aspects of sower and, and the harvest and so on. And, and that's what walkthrough does. We we don't have a lot of information, but we have a, uh, a a oral presentation that'll take you through the story of the Bible and give you God's answer to the questions that we ask in life. And God's answer was right at the start when everything went wrong. He stepped in and he said that there's going to be a child that is going to be born of the seed of the woman. That's the miracle of the virgin birth, as we call it. Uh, the incredible. Um, I always look at it, explain it this way. You know, you think a normal child is born, uh, uh, 46 chromosomes in every cell. Mother gives 23 of her DNA to the child, a father 23 to his DNA to the child, and a 46 chromosome cell, uh, chromosomal cell with that uh, information keeps on reproducing itself until nine months later a child is born. But this child that was born, Mary gave 23 chromosomes of humanity and her DNA, but the other part of that wasn't a human being. It was the second person of the Godhead who came down to planet Earth, went into the womb of Mary, impregnated that ovary, that egg that was there, through the whole gestation process. Nine months later, this baby was born, but very unique. 
very God, very man, human, divine. And right at the start, when it all went wrong, God said that there was going to be a child that was going to be born. And if you follow the storyline of the Bible all the way through, everyone was looking for that child. Uh, There was times when Abraham thought it might have been Isaac. There were times when uh, other people in history thought it would be their child. But ultimately, it wasn't born until what we now call, um, you know, well, roughly 3 BC. It's a bit strange we call it BC before Christ, but it was around about 3, uh, three or 4 BC in our Julian calendar that this child was born. And yet that's the fulfillment of what was promised way back there by God when it all went wrong. And then he says the answer was going to come when the personification of evil is Satan. He's the guy behind the whole structure of our world. He's the God of this world. And God said to him that his head was going to be crushed, going to be destroyed. The head's the power. He was going to be destroyed. But in destroying him, this child was going to be hurt. And we know the reality that Jesus was crucified on the cross and he destroyed evil. And he paid the price of the debt of the sin of the world and removed the consequences of sin in the lives of people for all who will embrace and accept that free gift that God gives. Now, to me, that's the, that's the story that changed my life. That's the story that I see changing many, many people's lives. That's the story of the Bible. And getting the story of the Bible into the context that we are in in the 21st century and for Australian audiences, uh, being able to explain those things is an absolute necessity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there are so many examples. I mean, this is this is the thing that I love about the Bible and I really get excited about it. You know, you, you get the examples of this story coming through. For example... It's a bit like uh, God pulls the curtain aside and lets you get into a little bit of a glimpse of what he's going to do. You've got the story of Abraham and Isaac. God tells him, go and sacrifice him. Now, that's an incredible thing to have been asked. But what God was doing was he was saying, Abraham, do you believe what I told you? Because faith is the thing that stands out with Abraham's life. Faith. And faith requires two things. It requires a revelation, and it requires a response. And God told Abraham to do this. There's the revelation. How did he respond? Well, he thought to himself, God said it's through this child that the blessing is going to come. All right. If God is asking me to do this, I will do it because I believe that he's going to bring this child back to life again if I sacrifice him. And that's why Hebrews says that uh, Abraham received Isaac back, as it were, resurrected from the dead. You see, he believed. Now, we know the story that happened as he was about to do it. God intervened, said, don't do that. There's a substitute. It's a a, a lamb that's going to take the place of this child. And the interesting thing is all of that took place at the very spot where Jesus, a couple of thousand years later, was actually going to be the lamb of God that died on the cross. And three days later, he was the one that was going to come back alive from the, the dead resurrected. And so in that story there, of Abraham and Isaac, you've got this incredible little um, working model, I suppose, of the salvation story. Uh, you've you got the same again when you look at Noah going into the ark. Uh, judgment, destruction because of sin. But then he comes into the ark, he's saved through the ark. And, and when, does he, when does it rest on Mount Ararat <clears throat> or the mountains of Ararat? If you do your homework, uh, you'll find that it was the very day that Jesus Christ was resurrected from the grave. And so 
you have this story of Noah starting a whole new society, a whole new world, a whole new way of life. You have Jesus Christ starting a whole new way of life. If anyone is in Christ, then you creation. Old things have passed away. Look, the new has come. And I could tell you lots and lots of those Old Testament stories that illustrate that, that reinforce that truth. And people love a story. People love a story. 2020 on Vision. It's Neil Johnson with you on 2020. We're talking through the topic this hour, why is the Bible important in the 21st century? Our special guest is Al Watson, the CEO of Walk Through the Bible Australia. Al, I want to uh, just bring up uh, something that would be perhaps a, a myth uh, that people often think about the Bible, and that is that it's just a book of values or uh, just a, a book of guidelines for people. But it's more than just a book of values and guidelines. Well, remember, Jesus, the Son of God, said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And he was talking about the Bible. And there's a place where uh, a person could look at the Bible and say it's just history. And for many people, that's all it is. It's just history written by what, 44 authors, 60 books, a couple of thousand years over its its writing. And it means nothing more than that to some people. But when a person has this encounter with the living God through faith in Jesus Christ, there's that great reconnect, that great reconciliation takes place, and God's Spirit comes into that person's life, then this book called the Bible takes on a whole new direction for your life. Uh, it, it, it's your spiritual food. Now, I can read the Bible, and I can see within it things that will help guide my life. They are principles. But I also discover things in it where God talks to me and inf- affirms my faith and guides me as to how I live and how I interpret life and what I should do, my priorities, and what I should, where I should put my resources, my energies, my gifting, and stuff like that. So the Bible is very different for someone who knows Jesus compared to someone who doesn't. It's what he says, you know, the natural man, the man that doesn't know Jesus, uh, these are foolishness to him. You can't understand them because it takes the spirit to discern them. But once you have the spirit, this becomes your food. Let me talk about one of the uh, programs that you guys are presenting at Walk Through the Bible, Uh, the idea of God's grand story. When we talk about the relevance and the importance of the Bible in 21st century Australia, understanding God's grand story is, I guess, where it all begins. How do you do those things in a seminar, uh, bring to the fore those things that are so important? Well, God's grand story is a six-week commitment. It's a journey of faith that a local church or a local community can take on. It starts off, let's say, typically on a Saturday where we come in and we do a uh, about a six-hour fun-filled uh, <clears throat> seminar where we teach people the storyline of the Old Testament. Then the following six weeks, the uh, local pastor picks up the themes of our God's grand story, the beginning, its creation, the wanderings, the second theme, the promised lands, the third theme, the United Kingdoms, the next divided kingdom, uh, the captivity and the coming kingdom. And six different themes that help a people, again, reinforce the storyline of the Bible and helps them to see uh, what it's all about, God's great story of redemption for mankind. We also have this, what we call uh, our quiet time, our daily devotion, encouraging people to read God's Word daily. And we have notes as part of our program where every day of the week, 
people in who are participants in this, they read the part of the Bible. They've got a little bit of a commentary, a little bit of a devotional commentary for it, and they have a prayer time for it. It teaches you how to pray. And then that goes on for uh, the next six weeks every day. And then we have midweek uh, life groups, cell groups, whatever you want to call it, where it's a discussion time where I would do a, uh, through a DVD, a little five, seven minute introduction to a theme. And then we have uh, a facilitator who follows the questions in our manual and facilitates a discussion group again, reinforcing this. So at the end of it, the end of six weeks, you've got a, you've got a real grasp of the storyline of the Bible. It comes in personally, it comes in collectively, it comes into the small group. And at the end of it, you are better equipped to uh, understand your life and your faith. Is it a challenge where, I guess, most people, uh, the bits and pieces that we are hearing about the Bible, and we can hear some fabulous sermons, some fabulous teachings, and sometimes they pick up on a chapter, a verse, a personality, a biblical character. But when you've got everything together and uh, you talk about God's grand story, you're actually keeping things on track and you're containing that story and you're direct in the way that that you approach uh, how you want to bring that story uh, into the understanding of the listener. It's important, isn't it, to have like an oh, overview? And this is what you're talking about with God's yeah. grand story. Absolutely, absolutely. It means you can pick up the Bible. I mean, to me, the 39 books in the Old Testament are the hidden Gospels because it's all about Jesus. You remember what he said when he talked to those guys on the road to Emmaus, that uh, beginning in Moses and the prophets and all of the scriptures, it was about him. So that's the part that people don't see. They don't see Jesus in the Old Testament. He's there on every page. It's tremendous. So once they discover that, that just lights up their faith and it gives them examples uh, like nothing else does as to how you live life here in you know, this 21st century that we live in because it's as relevant as the moment, the Word of God. And, of course, when we talk about those guidelines, and uh, while I was saying before, you know, some people think of the Bible as just a book of values. You said just a book of history, uh, just a book of guidelines. Well, it is those things as well as the book that has the revelation of Jesus Christ and how mankind can be redeemed from sin and separation from God. Some of those things, when we talk about those values, uh, the guidebook idea, uh, the ways that we deal with conflict, uh, the ways that we deal with the relationships that we have with people who are closest to us in our lives. Uh, those sorts of things are, are really important, and those are the things that actually help to colour us uh, with the same character, the character of God. That's right, absolutely. And the Old Testament will give you many examples of that. Talk about family breakdown. You find plenty of people that are broken families in the Old Testament. Uh, you think of single kids in our culture. I keep on thinking of King David as being a, a boy that had a lot of problems as a young child growing up. I mean, you get him to the place there where he wasn't around when they were looking for the king. What was the problem there between his dad and himself that he wasn't there? Uh, you get to this tremendous thing where it says that God is the father to the fatherless. So I say there's a great example. Get any broken family where there are fatherless kids in them. Let them discover the truth and the examples given you in the Old Testament where God can step in and be a father to the fatherless. Now, that's pretty important in our culture today. And there are multiple examples that are similar sociological problems that the Bible gives you working answers. And they're also, it's modeled out in other people's lives. So when you grab those models and you work them through and you apply them, it is just so, so helpful to live life.
So in the 21st century context here in Australia, uh, when we look at the Bible, we can see uh, those values, those guidelines that have come from the revelation of God about our families. Uh, when you talk yep. about even yep. uh, one of the commandments, honoring your father and your mother. Uh, let me yep. just quickly uh, go through another few different things here. Of course, our, uh, the way we relate to the authorities that are over yep. us, whether they be yep. Christian authorities or whether they be our secular governmental authorities. Those are important uh, aspects that come out through the Bible as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And, it, and, and it's the very thing that we've lost, you know, it's every man for himself in the world that we live in today. Well, the Bible talks about community. It talks about the importance of family. It talks about the importance of that uh, coming together of God's people, sharing life together, supporting one another. They're all the things that we've lost in our society. We're so individualistic in our culture today. Now, the Bible teaches the importance of community, the importance of family, the importance of of uh, education and authority and respect and law and order and justice and all of those things. And, and they are the very, you know, the bedrock of society. And yet they're the very things that we're losing in our culture within Australia. And if you want to turn around the idea that we're losing those things, you've got to come back to the Bible to rediscover those. Uh, another one, uh, another uh, particular principle or guidelines, how to stand up for a principle that you believe in and still show compassion. Yeah. Uh, uh, those... that's, that's an important. See, it's the love of God. That's that spiritual thing. When, when you reconnect with God, one of the things that it says is that the love of God is poured into our heart through the Holy Spirit. I look back at my life and the struggle that I had in my dysfunctional family life. When Jesus came into my life, I got a love and respect for my mum and my dad and my brothers that just changed our family and changed my life. Now, what was that? That's just the power of God, the application of the truth of the Bible. That's the proof of the product. It's in the eating. It's in the life. It's in the expression. And that's why it's so important for us to get back and to discover this as a culture. Uh, let me pick up we're running out of time now uh, Al Watson about the website that you've got walkthrough.org.au what are people going to discover when they find your website well if they get into the website they can sign up free of charge for our quiet walk which is a daily devotion that will come to your iPhone or your pad, whatever it is that you receive it on every single day and that will help you again discover your or grow your journey of your faith uh, it has a passage to read from the Bible. It has a little commentary on it. But then to me, the thing that I'm finding such a great help, or people are saying is a great help, it teaches people how to pray. And so you've got these prayers that you can pray back to God. All of them are quotations for script, from Scripture. So you're learning how to communicate with God. And, and that's hugely uh, beneficial for your faith. And, uh, of course, using uh, phrases from the Bible to uh, pray, that's a, a good thing for people to uh, to experiment with, to get into. Uh, point people to it, walkthrough.org.au. Al Watson, it's just been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Al, for being part of 2020 today. It's been my joy, and God bless you all. Love listening to Vision in the Car, but can't pick us up at home or work? Listen live online or even on your smartphone. Details at Vision. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.